Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. That sounds good to me. Yep. All right, cool. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Once again, all hope is not lost. Scotland are level in the series against Argentina and we go forth to the decider this weekend. Matt, can you feel that hope building? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. In your loins. Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, after the first 40 or kind of 35 minutes of the weekend, it was a pretty dark place to, to be in. But all of a sudden all the Northern Hemisphere teams winning at the weekend. We didn't fuck up at the final stage. And we got a chance to actually, you know, win a series, which at the start of it was looking pretty unlikely. So I think hope hope's rising. Did you, did you have COVID while you were watching it or did that come sort of post <laughs> the, the Scotland win? Yeah. This, the stress of watching it just like completely wrecked my immune system. Yeah. Um, you lost all immunity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I had it beforehand, so I was sort of spluttering my way through a kind of like bipolar performance. <laughs> Alan, did you enjoy it at the weekends? You're you're usually a chirpy guy. Uh, yeah, no, it's nice. It's it's nice to have that sort of little treat at the end of the day. Now, yeah. especially now, you don't have sort of like the social pressure of having to go out on Saturday nights. So, um, no, it's absolutely it's absolutely wonderful. Enjoying the sky coverage as well. Been the the sort of bar of like what's acceptable from a broadcast standpoint has just been lowered so much by just sort of weeks of Premier Sports that <laughs> actually like having sort of like a professional broadcast setup is is truly wonderful. It was Ho- Hoggy and Barclay, wasn't it? Yeah. No. The the yeah the, the Hoggy and Barclay, and when they went to the studio at halftime, brilliant. They were both like. What the fuck was that? Like they both didn't know what to say at the first half performance, and yeah, even Hoggy was like, "What is going on? We're all over the shop." Jink Hoggy's. If they win at the weekend, think Hoggy will be a big guy. That Grant Gilchrist has led them to a series win. Just don't think an Argentina tour series is that big a deal for someone like Hoggy. I don't know. Maybe I'm. Um, underselling it but I, I don't I, I just don't think he's going to be that bothered hey Grant Gilchrist went, leads them leads us to victory in Argentina is he not holding on to that holding on to that captain's armband for the autumn yeah I, I think it's wrapped up I think I think Richie has it no matter what oh you think so Gilchrist is the transitional man yeah he's not even going back to hockey 100% 
Yeah, well, we will see. And uh, of course, we will be building up to the game on social media as well as in this pod. So follow us on Twitter at Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod. And Matt made a, a barnstorming return to the newsletter at the weekend. So get yourself on Substack. That's Thistle Scottish Rugby um, on there. And that's every Monday morning you'll get our take on the week's news. Um, speaking of news, breaking today from Rob Robertson at the Scottish Daily Mail, looks like Scottish for- Scotland forward coach John DL has emerged in the frame. I'm not going to put him as front runner, but certainly in the frame for the Glasgow head coach job. We put out some tweets earlier. Safe to say it's not gone down incredibly well with the Glasgow faithful. Matt, if, if DL does sort of make the switch over or even sort of dual job with the national side, what do you think? What do you think for Glasgow one? And what do you think it says about the way the SRU are sort of approaching this appointment? Yeah, well, when I, when I heard the news, I was probably. Uh, feeling a pretty similar way to a lot of the Glasgow fans, i.e. pretty underwhelmed. Um, I think, but then you look at it and, you know, Townsend was appointed to the Glasgow job without having any head coach experience. And I think there were a lot of concerns at the time. And obviously that worked out really well. Um, But then at the same time, you know, Glasgow recently have effectively done the same, or effectively did the same thing with Danny Wilson, right? moved him from a Scotland post across to Glasgow. And that worked out pretty disastrously, disastrously in the end. And this is, that was a guy who actually had head coach experience. Clearly John DL has a lot of potential and is well regarded within that setup. But I, I get the sense that most Glasgow fans were expecting an established name that had proper head coach experience after the Danny Wilson uh, years so I think overall it's it's a little bit underwhelming it's just to just to counter that I've seen a few a bit of the narrative online is that the SOU are pouring more favor on Edinburgh and this is just like another example of that and I feel like people sort of forget where like Mike Blair came from mm. <laughs> I guess like the only difference between Mike Blair and John DL is that Mike Blair's probably got a bit of a like stronger brand with like the Scottish public. Like they were both like assistant. hundred percent. Yeah. That, you know, they were both like, I mean, Mike Blair's probably had less coaching experience than well, significantly less coaching experience with John Dale and was only ever an assistant coach at Glasgow and Scotland, but because he's just got that sort of brand name, I feel like people sort of saw it in a slightly different light to this John DL kind of rumor. Yeah. I mean, Matt, you were saying before we came on air that you think Mark Dodson should spend his bonus on getting a coach in, don't you? Well, I, I did like your um, analogy today of the Godwin's law that any, which, which follows any sort of problem within Scottish rugby, within about four or five tweets, Mark Dodson's bonus is, is brought up. Um, 100%. The, the thing about you know, that, though, I is... mean, on a, on a serious point, do you think it, does John DL look like a, a cheap option? Well, that's what I was just going to say, that it, it probably does look like a cheap option. And I think Dodson had talked about in the search for the Glasgow coach that like they were going to leave no stone unturned and that they were going to look to establish names, you know, sort of like big, experienced guys. Um, and I, th- I think if the Danny Wilson experience hadn't been so bad and is so fresh in the memory then you know there's positives to it in terms of the guy who's got some decent coaching experience including with a national setup a young Scottish coach which I think um, you know people probably criticize us for there'd be some criticism if a foreign coach came in Um, but I think given that context like it just does feel slightly like a cheaper option and and the fact that like the rumor is that he would combine his Scotland role with the Glasgow role as well kind of makes it look as if it's just a a bit of a sort of convenient sticking plaster really yeah 100% I think that's that's probably one of the bigger point biggest points is the fact that you would have someone 
coming in to be head coach at Glasgow, which kind of feels quite a pivotal point in terms of they sort of lost their way a little bit, especially since not only sort of maybe since Rennie left and then sort of people at Hoggy and Finn moved on, but to have someone who was only part-time, especially when the rest of the coaching staff isn't massively experienced as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then then you've got, from the Scotland perspective as well, you know, a Scotland team that is not in great shakes, sort of a year out from a World Cup, sort of losing its... uh, losing its forwards coach for 50% of the time, or at least them having their sort of eye on, on a different ball. It seems to me that's the biggest thing that makes it sort of a, a suboptimal option. I think if John Diel goes as full time, then okay. He's got good credentials and he could be the next Mike Blair. I'm sure that's what he wants to be, the next Mike Blair. But you know what I mean? But what do you think John Diel's doing when Scotland aren't playing? He's just sort of chilling at Murrayfield, watching... Tapes of tapes. <laughs> I, I guess watching VHSs. I'm never like quite clear what the role of sort of like an assistant coach is when outside of probably sort like, of the... yeah, probably put to work in like the marketing department or something like that. <laughs> probably doing like commercial jobs with um, Al Kelly or something like that. Just like brainstorming like the next hashtag for the Edinburgh team. What it what is the re- hit, what is it? It does it, hit different. That's that's the one. <laughs> John Dale came up with it. Hits different. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's podcasts and stuff to do, isn't there? That's true. He's an alternate presenter to Mossy. Um, but anyway, we'll keep on that. And speaking of coaches and well, potentially Edinburgh bias, they're getting a new coach this week as well, fresh from Australia. So it is a sexy foreign appointment, Michael Todd joining from the Queensland Reds as the new defence coach. Matt, do we know much about him? I mean, I'd be lying if I, if I said that I'd, I'd come across his name before. Um, I suppose at the, at the Reds at the moment, their head coach is Brad Thorne, who's sort of, I think, done a pretty good job there and is obviously a far more well-known name. Um, but you look at his credentials and, like, he's... I mean, the fact he's only... We are discussing this before, only 32 years old is pretty mental and he's now a sort of second in line or defense coach for a, for a big ish um, UK club is pretty nuts. Um, But I think having followed like super rugby a little bit in the last few years, the reds are probably the first or second strongest Australian side now. Um, And him and Thorne have been driving that. So I think his his credentials, although they're they're pretty short, like so far, look look pretty good. Replacing Callum Kitty McRae, who obviously left. Where's he going? He's going Treviso. Benetton, yeah. yeah. Benetton Treviso. Um, well, so let's do another trip uh, to the Southern Hemisphere. Announced today by Glasgow, but known by lots of people for a long time previously to that. Jamie Doby is playing down in New Zealand for. Bay of Plenty, sort of fairly delayed announcement aside, Alan, you know, Jamie Doby going, experiencing a bit of a different rugby culture, getting exposure in the sort of summer, Southern Hemisphere seems like quite a good thing at his sort of part of his career. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be absolute class. I guess one of the things for him, I guess, having come into Glasgow so young, He's potentially sort of not had as much sort of an opportunity to, to I guess, you know, do any sort of travelling, etc. So this kind of helps him sort of tick off that box, whilst at the same time, ultimately playing at a pretty high standard of rugby. So be a plenty probably mid-table URC team. So out in New Zealand, playing a high standard of rugby in a area of New Zealand that's that's pretty pretty banging, to be fair. I think it's it sort of checks all the boxes and you'd like to think that he'll sort of come back with a bit quite a bit of game time under his belt. And they, they tend to have um kind of a few all blacks or maybe like fringe all blacks players in their squad, right, when it comes to the is it ITM now? I yeah, ITM. I can't actually remember what the or whatever what the the NPC was. They do have Sam Kane. MP- NPC, yeah, yeah, Sam Kane. Bunnings M- NPC. They got Sam Kane. I think the captain is 
that guy, Aidan Ross, who there was the rumours that he was potentially Scots qualified, but uh, had his first cap for New Zealand at the weekend. Yeah. Um, but We're just no. reading the press release. And did you know that the loan deal further deepens the relationship with Bay of Plenty and Glasgow Warriors? Because... Do you know what links there are? Hugh Blake. Yeah. Yeah. Current, current Warrior Cole Forbes joined from the MPC side in 2021 and Warrior number 252, Shug Blake, represented the side. There you go. So and you the Bay of Plenty coaches Daryl Gibson, who played for Glasgow 2008. Not mentioned in the um, press release. Maybe he is left. It, is it not? Side. That's no, quite brutal. Which is so strange. <laughs> um. The, the, the only thing I was thinking was I would assume that off the back of the sort of Chile and Argentina tour that Price and Horn will be given a bit of a rest. Is Horn still out there? A sort of yeah, backup yeah, to, to White and Price? So, you know, if, if Glasgow are going back in for pre-season, you know, as of Monday, then you've kind of only got Sean Kennedy. That Jordan Lennart guy as well. Jordan Lennart guy. I get. I guess it's just whether you would have expected sort of yeah. to, to, to be sort of the starting scrum half as you sort of ease Price and Horn back in because I imagine they want to give them a bit of a rest given the fact that this once they sort of have a bit of a rest after this tour, it's basically full steam ahead for about forty months till the end of the World Cup, right? But Appar- same- apparently, it was Townsend's idea, so maybe he's pulled rank. I mean, I think it is good because in the, in the natural order of things, Dobie's been, he's sort of in this weird no man's land where he's like 24th man for Scotland, but not getting any games at Glasgow. Yeah. Like, he needs to go and play somewhere. But we'll keep an eye on that. It seems to be, and obviously the, it comes off the news of a couple of the Edinburgh lad, young lads playing down in Australia as well. So there seems to be a little bit of creative thinking going on there in the SRU. What a problem that requires an awful lot of creative thinking is the state of our uh, under 20 side. They played their final game in the summer series, going down 41-24 to Ireland. Um, Matt, it's been a pretty pitiful sort of under 20s series. Another another handful of losses, another, you know, pretty pretty big losses as well. I mean, what's going on down there? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the million dollar question. Um, I, I mean, I think that there was an article on the offside line today, um, sort of making the point that success at the under twenties and Scot- and age groups in general can be cyclical. And you know, it wasn't that long ago that you think of that just pre COVID. I think that the under twenties went down to Wales with Chamberlain, Matt Curry, Rufus McLean, etc., Connor Boyle. And like absolutely pumped Wales, um, and I think he was, he was also making the point that um, you know Ireland have had a really good season despite I think last year like under under having some some heavy defeats. So I think there's an element of that, but you, I think it's pretty difficult with it. You know, having said that, to look past the the run of consecutive defeats that they've been on, and I think we talked about it before as well, like the the commensurate rise of Italy and Georgia um, who now are Italy beat England again in uh, the other day um, which is absolutely massive like Georgia absolutely humped us um, and not for the first time in recent years um, lost comfortably to Fiji in the last under 20s World Cup like it's it's slightly worrying at the same time that these other sort of more fringe tier two nations seem to have really got their um, their act together. They certainly do. Um, Alan, you were going to say something there? No, no. I guess I would just say that it's the results have gotten so bad that Scottish rugby have just stopped updating the under twenty results <laughs> yeah. on their website. Um, well, they stopped. Um, they didn't live tweet the Ireland game. Yeah. Which, which they've been ridiculous. doing throughout the summer series and people like us 
retweeting them with sort of like reaction photos from grand designs and stuff like that it's not you know that's that's not what you need no i had to go into like the darkest recesses of my memes folder to find that sort of stuff <laughs> I think... but, you know i mean it's, it's really difficult for these young lads i think they're being failed by clearly being failed by a system yeah i, I would say i think i guess two two issues and these are obviously pretty big issues is you know, firstly, I think especially when you look at sort of the Georgia match and sort of moments of sort of the Ireland-Italy match, it did look a little bit like men versus boys. Yeah. Um, and then I think the the back line basically hasn't been <laughs> functioning well at all. And actually there's been a lot of just like simple mistakes across all the matches that have just completely sort of slowed down any sort of attacking play that's got them pulling together. I guess in terms of bright spots, there's this blindside flanker Liam McConnell who's he might even be 17 yeah and he doesn't particularly look out of place if anything he's probably one of the one of the better sort of Scotland players on the pitch and I think we've had a couple of people sort of speak to us about him who are sort of been watching a lot of Super 6 and he looks like he could be a bit of a bit of a prospect and then the other one I like the leather if there's one thing if there's one thing we need is more back rows yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> For fuck's sake, can we not get like <laughs> something I else? I think, and then I think Leather Barrow and Harrison, both two two others yeah. that have, uh, that have yeah. sort of stood out as as being Harrison, especially obviously absolute try scoring wizard. You know the you know what the real issue is though, it's Dodson's bonus once again. <laughs> like, I think one of the one of the interesting things is that a lot of people are pointing to the fact that apparently Italy now have this kind of semi-pro league with 10 teams yeah. in it. And a lot of those guys have been getting regular game time in it um, and whisper it, but that is presumably what part of what super six is there for. So yeah. if, if super six is allowed to continue and it gets better and more of those bigger. guys are play, Yeah, exactly. Like exactly more, you know, representation in the West. A lot of people like it's their bugbear, but maybe that will actually help because I think mm. ultimately you do see some of those guys are playing all their rugby in premiership sides. And the premiership now is not the same as Prem one used to be because of super six. So whether they're being exposed to a high enough level is, you know, is, is probably up for debate. I was interested to see an article this week that talked between like the Irish provinces and some of the South African teams about setting up an A league. Now, whether that actually comes to pass, but you know that's that would be another sort of interloker between Super Six and the full pro. But obviously, it's resource intensive. So I just we're not. I just don't think we're in a position where we could put put forward the numbers for something like that. Yeah, that's sort of the, the key issue when you get down to that sort of A league level yeah. is ultimately. It's not going to make a return just because people, no. not a lot of people are going to pay to, to pay to watch it. And I guess once you start throwing in like the cheetahs and like Griqua and all these other sort of South African teams, just that level travel. of tra- travel yeah. <laughs> to send, you know, what will ultimately be sort of a mix of sort of kind of fringe players and, and academy players, just not sure if it's worth it. My only thing with that Italian league is do you, do you really think? that like top 10 league is like any better than what probably the Prem was. What the Scottish Prem? Yeah. Uh, well, back in the day. I, I just like, I don't really believe that there's like this sort of like, ex- like slight, even higher level sort of semi-pro competition. in Italy. when you look at how bad Zebra, are, like, <laughs> can't. <laughs> can't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Zebra would win Prem one. Right. You, I, I honestly don't know if Zebra would super six. I think Air. I think Air would beat them. <laughs> that would be so, that would be so good. There's a cross border match. Yeah, the champions Super Six against Zebra. The heat is pickling your mind, surely. <laughs> but look, as you said, I think you know not only Italy being good this year, but Italy being good the last few years. And obviously, Garbisi is starting at ten for who are the now the top fourteen champions. Yeah. So they basically looks like they've got sort of their ten position sort of locked in for like the next. 10 years you know get, when you look at sort of what's sort of coming through from Italy and you look at maybe the 
the amount of talent that's coming through from the sort of Scottish ranks does sort of worry me a little bit that it was always just nice for the last sort of eight years. Kind of always felt like we would beat Italy. It's maybe yeah. the last five years. And I just wonder if that shift's going to change a little bit back to sort of yes. the old dark days. Italy did just lose to Georgia, though. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I don't know. We're getting quite good at supplementing our national side with people that played England under-20s, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, or South Africa under-20s. Or South Africa under-20s or wherever. I think that's the thing. We, we're we a little bit more um, sort of blasé about just going mining in different pools. Fair, that's fair. I mean, I do, I do think we should get a better age-grade system, but... I don't know. We'll see if it actually comes to pass, but it certainly isn't looking good. But speaking of Super Six, um, Adam Ash has retired from his American... Well, he's retired from rugby, leaving the Giltinis um, after a year in Major League Rugby. He's come back to coach at Sterling County, um, which means, I think, on current trends, he'll be a Glasgow coach in about 18 months, Matt. Probably in the Scotland set within three. Yeah, that's the thing. I suppose he hasn't, he's been out of the system for a while being in, the, in America, so that might, might count against him. Um, yeah. he's, got, he's got out at the right time, because I think the Giltinis were kick, kicked out of Major League Rugby. It's a pretty for, big whiff of a little bit of like corruption and money embezzlement or something going on there. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, so, you know, whether, whether Ash had, you know, he'd seen some bad stuff and he was like, I've got to get out of here before the SEC comes to me or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to go and hunker down in, in Sterling. Um but, do you think? Yeah. Do you think this is like the sort of Scottish equivalent of when that lad tried to retire from Montpellier to like escape his sort of contract and become oh, a farmer, yeah. and then sort yeah. of re reemerged? So Ash, this is all a ruse from Ash to like escape that like guilty. He's like just created some fake sort of like X rays of some bulging discs in his neck, and we're at, he's actually <laughs> going to sort of like pop out of retirement for the Sterling Wolves in about six months, and then he would definitely play for Glasgow as well. Yeah, for sure. That'd be quite a good possibly, little story. To be possibly fair. a route, possibly a route back in with uh, with Old Glory DC. We've got we've got to do something with it, mate. Old Glory DC, they're done. They are the worst <laughs> team in like what is an increasingly terrible league. I think. What do you think that? What do you think that half a million investment of the SRU made is, is worth in the open market now? I, I think negative. There's probably debts. Yeah. Debts that need to be paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just this absolute black hole of capital. Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, we will keep an eye on the collapse of Major League Rugby, but also the return of Adam Ash very, very closely and keep you guys in touch. But we have, I think we've rattled on probably long enough about the news of the day without even touching on the fact that Scotland have got a sort of series deciding game against Argentina this weekend after um, what was a pretty surprising win um, against Argentina at the weekend, running out 29-6 victors in the end. We were sort of in our usual sort of WhatsApp comms, and Matt, you touched on it earlier, but that first half performance was, was pretty poor. I mean, let's start there, but what did Scotland do to turn it around? Yeah, I, I genuinely think that, it was one of the worst 40s in or maybe 35 minutes or so 
that, that I've seen from Scotland in quite a long time. Like the the basic handling errors, particularly in the backs, were just to like look genuinely amateur. It looked like they hadn't played together, um, or just their ability to execute under pressure was completely non-existent. Um, I think it was the the usual like when we managed to get back into the game through some bright sparks, muck up a restart, concede easy points, intensity in defence wasn't really there. Um, but to be fair, I think from the moment that Kinghorn or um, or Gilchrist turned down those easy three, went to the corner, and then Watson managed to score from that point, like I suppose it got a bit of momentum. And you, you could see clearly, Townsend must have said at halftime, like, look, we just need to keep things a bit more simple, um, take the game to Argentina in a more direct manner. And that was what really led to, to the other tries. Like, it was pretty simple stuff, like one, two outrunners um, hitting hard lines. And I think married to that as well, to be fair, the intensity lifted from that point and the Scottish defence was actually pretty good, particularly on our own line when Argentina really probably should have scored a couple of times. Um, so to keep them scoreless at their patch is is pretty impressive. Um, and I think that all the bench came on and did a pretty decent job. Alan, you touched upon it a little bit off air. Did Scotland play well or were Argentina quite poor in the second half? I was going to say, I think Hanny's intro has got to be the bleakest intro for a 29-6 <laughs> away win of all time. Yeah. Not that I particularly disagree with that. I think, you know, not to be, we'll probably look on the negatives a bit too much, but I don't think Argentina played well at all. Um, and I think a lot of kind of the criticisms that Matt gave to, to Scotland there almost doubly apply to, to Argentina in terms of just sort of basic errors and, and, um, and not sort of having much sort of structure structure to their play. But look, I think at the end of the day, a lot of, especially in the forwards, you know, especially across that back row and front row, they sort of stood up and in sort of key moments and in, uh, really sort of probably dominated their, their opposite man. I think one of the key stats that we're looking at, I think when you look at sort of the match stats, actually a lot of it's quite similar in terms of possession was basically 50-50, territory was 50-50, metres made was 50-50, where there was sort of a big... Um, gap was in terms of turnovers conceded Argentina 16, Scotland 8 and a lot of that was on the pressure that our back row and then probably the props Schumann and Xander Ferguson were putting at, on that Argentina pack at the breakdown Yeah, the, the scrum certainly are a um, strong subject but the, the scrum certainly returned as a weapon for, for Scotland and um, Matt, what did you make of that? But I guess something that we might know a little bit more about, the dual sort of fetchers in Dodge and Watson in the back row seem to really have a the desired effect. Yeah, I'm sorry if I was too too harsh about Scotland, but I I think I was mainly just trying to emphasise the maybe the, the contrast in those two two halves. But yeah, actually I think from minute one, um Scotland had the ascendancy in the scrum. Um, against a, a side that are, you know, traditionally strong in that area. Um, I think you, you, we know what Schumann's going to bring. Like, I, I struggle to think of a time he's had a bad game for Scotland, but maybe Fagerson since the Lions tour hasn't really hit those heights, but he played really well, both in, in the loose and tight. So that was, that was nice to see. Um, and yeah, in terms of the fetches, like it was Darge, doing what we know Darge can do. But it was really nice to see, once again, I think Watson, although he hasn't had a bad season, like maybe a little bit of a Lions hangover, but I'd say that was his best game in a long time. Um, and he was just doing all those things that we've we've come to to love. And I think actually a lot of his interventions were at, were at big moments. Um, and yeah, it, it seems as if like that strategy works and purely on form you you probably want to try and get Darge and, and Watson on the pitch as much as possible um, and then at the same time I think that Matt Fagerson had his one of his best games for Scotland as well 
played thought he played really really well stepped up um and got his try which is for his first try for scotland which i was i was quite surprised by really but, yeah yeah apparently um that's bad yeah so i think he was really good and i think that you know, if everyone's fit and on form that seems like a back row to take into the to the world cup i'd i'd say what ahead of richie uh, yeah i <laughs> i yeah actually good point um maybe maybe richie comes into that but yeah maybe it just gives you a different way to play but i do i don't think richie coming back in is a foregone conclusion maybe put him in the row <laughs> i don't know i'd love it i know it's an interesting one i guess it's you, you obviously want Darge and Watson both in the team, but I just wonder whether both in terms of sort of line out, but just general sort of ball carrying options, whether you lose something. Although now you say that Watson's obviously a bit of a bulldozer, and whilst Darge doesn't have massive size, he's so good at sort of changing direction just before the point of contact that actually he makes a lot of yards even in the tight. I'm still not sure whether he should be ahead of Richie, though. And Luke, Luke, oh, sorry, what were you going to say, Alan? I was going to say, do, do you think this is the first game for a long time where our starting front row didn't give away a penalty for the whole match? <laughs> Xander Ferguson, Schumann and Cherry, no penalties given. I feel like when you sort of look back at some of the people that we've had in the front row, and include Xander Ferguson, Schumann, but then obviously like Rambo, Turner and Brown, yeah. Our front row has historically been an absolute penalty machine. I'd love to see how many games Xander Ferguson's not given away a penalty in. I generally think across his like career, it's going to be fairly low. Yeah, one hundred. And that's a factor of the fact that you know he is in the front row and there's lots of sort of pinging that goes on there. But also, he just loves it. He loves giving away pens. Hundred <laughs> percent. Going in, going into the back line, I mean. A couple of nice tries, lovely line from Mark Bennett and a good good score from Sam Johnson as well. But Matt, is there still a feeling that we haven't quite worked out what that Scotland midfield needs to look like? Yeah, it particularly in that first half. And I think the way that they tried to bring in Hutchinson just didn't work. Um, and I think it maybe comes back to I mean, it's, it's the big question about whether Kinghorn is a 10 is, is definitely part of that. Um, I think so far for Scotland, he's he's only really had Johnson outside him, um, who's kind of been used as a crash ball. And it seems as if Kinghorn might do better with more of a ball-playing option, someone to take a little bit of pressure off him. Because for whatever reason, when Johnson was trying to hit a short line, he wasn't on the same wavelength as as Kinghorn. He was just, you know, getting getting the ball with the defense in his face. Um, and it's it's difficult to say, I suppose, because the the execution and attack, particularly in that first half with Kinghorn ten, was was so poor. Um, but then, I think a lot of people were saying when Thompson came on and Kinghorn went to fifteen, like our shape looked a lot better. But I think we actually didn't really play much through Thompson. A lot of the the play really came through the forwards and actually from White sort of picking and and putting a few passes into the midfield directly. Um, so I, I, I can't really remember a time when Johnson, you know, absent that well-taken try at the weekend, that he's had a really big performance for Scotland of, of late. And I, I wonder if it's time to try someone else out at, at 12, maybe move Hutchinson infield, for instance. Do you, what do you think round three of Blair Kinghorn with Hutchinson at 12? I mean, it could, that could be an absolute disaster as well. Like they'd never played together. Both more sort of like ball players. I don't know. I do. I, I'm quite a strong advocate that Kinghorn should just play at 15. <laughs> I, I was going to ask, and there'll be a day when we don't have to talk about this. I hope at some stage. But where are we on Kinghorn at that? 
Like, I think, are we kind of all that if we were picking the Scotland World Cup squad tomorrow, it would be, you know, Finn and Hastings, but then Kinghorn sort of there as a third, but really never expected to play there? Like, yeah. it's, it, it, like he's a good alternate to have, but why are we starting him in big games? I, I do agree, but I think a little bit linked to what Matt said is he's basically played the whole, his best games for Edinburgh probably come when he's playing with Lang at 12 and had this sort of second distributor. He's never or, had or, that. Or the Sweet Prince. Or the Sweet Prince, apologies. Who, I would say, his distribution game has improved immensely over the last couple of years. And he should be in Argentina. And he should be in Argentina. Anyway. It, it feels like, again, if we're going to try and ease Kinghorn into international rugby, it would make sense to play similar way to how he plays for Edinburgh so to the point Matt made that sort of lends yourself to probably playing Rory Hutchinson at 12 and having that second distributor rather than what we've done with the last two games plus obviously the Ireland game where we had more of a ball carrying player at 12 so I I think I, I probably do agree that it's Russell and Hastings with Kinghorns a 15 but with the option to kind of break glass in case of emergency but I think ultimately if we're going to try and do do this option with Kinghorn we should at least be playing similar way to how he's sort of structured at Edinburgh so and also at the same time I'd like to see Ollie Smith get a run at 15 it seemed it would be seem a bit stupid to have kept him out in our you've got a lot you've got a lot of shares in Ollie Smith I do. I like him. I think he's sort of, he's one of these players that I feel like transitioned to pro rugby super easily. Looks really confident in that kind of like second half of the season with Glasgow. And I think he's still got quite a bit of a a ceiling to go. So if you've sort of kept him out there for sort of additional three weeks, if, if it seems a bit ridiculous to not at least kind of give him one go against Argentina on the tour, although maybe the fact that it's going to a decider means that they might sort of keep him out of the at least the 15. Are we playing for a trophy? Have they made up a trophy for this tour? I think there is a trophy, but I'd be lying if I knew the name of it. Well, why don't you then talk a little bit about the um, what changes you think should be made? ahead of this weekend if we're going to bring home this trophy and I'm going to do some research to find out what it is. <laughs> well, well, I'm not, I'm not sure of the status on, sorry, my dog's getting in the way, um, status of um, Roy Hutchinson who went off. So if he is unfit, then that potentially would see either Ollie Smith coming in or that reversion of Kinghorn to 15, Thompson to to 10. Um, but apart from that, you know, you know, as as we said, maybe I'd like to see Hutchinson played in his actual position rather than at fullback, where I just think he's he's wasted. And given sort of some question marks around Sam Johnson. Apart from that, I'm not I'm not sure who else I would really bring in I think the pack all deserve to have another shot um, maybe maybe Ashman at, at two like to see him maybe, or maybe Turner come in I think they just offer a little bit more than Cherry but he had a decent enough game in the end so not sure how many subs it would make I think Kyle Rose tours over so I'd imagine Smith will probably be involved in some capacity Little sidebar on Kyle Rowe. The video Scotland put up of him crying when he got given his cap. That, oh, so, that was so great good. stuff. He was also absolutely greeting in the anthems. Yeah, absolutely love that. Just a quick update as well on the trophy. They seem to have been given a trophy after the second test. Oh, uh, no, I didn't see that. I, I think the, after both the matches. Picture, yeah. I think Argentina celebrated with a trophy after the first match, and then Scotland celebrated with a trophy after the second match. It's uh, Mark Palmer's the Cop the Copa Visa Macro is uh, it's the opening of Mark Palmer's uh, in Sunday Times' uh, match review. May not be the most sought after trophy on the planet, says here. But is it but, sorry? Mean, is it is it branded as in Visa? 
I oh, actually has a really good point. Well, copper obviously means cup. Visa, macro. If it was macron, that would make more sense. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think but if they've been ma- given it, and this, does it like pass between them? Like, did Argentina get it in the first test? Did we get it in the second? That's like the is that not like the Rand Frehley Shield in New Zealand that you you beat a team and you get it straight away. No, that is, no, I mean that no. is true. If you if you beat a team away from home that has around fairly shield, then you you get it. Um, yeah, I think I think it is. It's 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 sponsorship. Visa Macro is some sort of visa service in um. <laughs> in oh, so it's but. like it's like a news like prepaid debit card or something. Yeah, I guess it would be like the Visa <laughs> Debit Cup in the UK. That's amazing. I want it. <laughs> look, if it's on, if it's on, look, if it's on offer, I'll have it. God, our, the Scottish Rugby Trophy cabinet is so barren. It's got like the old Alliance Trophy, whatever that we play against for Italy, and this one. Calcutta. The what? Oh, sorry. Yeah, got, sorry, the Calcutta. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Alan, I, I can't even remember what Matt said. Now I was too busy learning about the, the trophy. What um, what changes do you think we need to bring to do to bring home the Visa Macro? I guess the only thing is whether obviously there's a few players out there that, that haven't too, had too much too much game time, or I guess it's whether there's there's any anything more than the win that we're going to be going after with this sort of third match. You know, obviously we look at the back row, they obviously switched out Crosbury and Bradbury and Broad and Darge and Watson. I guess whether they're going to do any more tinkering in that space. Do you try and bring in Cummings to give him some time against an Argentina when obviously he's been out there for a month and only played chile I, I think it's likely they'll try and go for the the series win which would lead me to suggest that i think of the pack maybe t- turner you bring in i wonder whether they they quite like cherry just from a sort of throwing option especially given the fact that sort of obviously dodge and Ferguson aren't well, especially Dodge isn't sort of as as used to being sort of lifted as um maybe some of the 60s that we normally had like a luke Luke Crosby or um or Richie, but no, I think outside of change at hooker and then potentially bringing Hutchinson at twelve, I think just just keep it pretty steady. Take take then the win and let's be drinking some um Kielmes out of the Visa Macro Cup. Ah, oh, you hope it has. You, it does look like you can drink out of it. Um, well, Matt, why don't I give you sort of. Uh, 10, 10 fake pounds. Give me a bet, a, five, a bet on the outcome and a bet on a try scorer as well. I think it'll be closer than last week. I, I don't know if Argentina will be quite as bad again and they'll obviously be pretty motivated. Um, but I think if Scotland put out a similar team and managed to like replicate that second half performance, and particularly that kind of like intensity in the forwards, then I could see us winning by eight or ten. Um, I'm sure. And then try scorer. I could see Bennett picking up another one, actually. Doing it all for the Benzo. It's looked sharp. He absolutely, you, absolutely has. What do you think the bookies have the spread at? I've got it in front of me, so... Argentina by three. Matt? Uh, Scotland by three. Argentina by one. <laughs> Oof. Right. It's tight. So, Scotland to beat the spread? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. My, um, win it. My, 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 my. What are you putting in 10 quid? Argentina to be winning at halftime, Scotland to be winning at full time. Nice. Like that. What was the bet you put on today, Alan? Put ten pounds, which was the maximum I was allowed to, on Edinburgh to win the URC at fifty to one. You're I allowed think... to buy your wife or bet three six five. What do you say? Self-imposed gambling limit, or no? That is obviously <laughs> Betfair. Like this guy is too good at gambling. <laughs> he, kn- he knows. <laughs> Even even though his track record is of cumulative losses, we, we, there's this is a turning point, so we're going to have to stop him. But no, I guess obviously the I don't know whether it's like the market's not big enough, but I think ultimately if you ran 
the URC 22-23 season 50 times. I think there's a chance Edinburgh win more than once, or at least they, they do. Uh, so I, I actually think there's pretty pretty good odds there. I think with Skinner coming in at the row, Goosen um, on the wing, not a lot of people leaving. Maybe, you know, King Horn with, another, with a bit longer under his belt in terms of playing 10. I think... Yeah. They're going to be. I, I think they're going to have a really good regular season. Whether they can do it in the playoffs is a different story. But I, I, I'm, I think Edinburgh will be sort of top three come the end of the regular season. Ooh, I look forward to the dinner you buy us with your, your five hundred quid next year. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, we actually didn't, and this is my my fault because I've got it written down on my show my show notes. Matt, you were going to wax lyrical about Ben White. We just never got round to it. Yeah, he was he was class. I think I haven't really seen. I, I think Ali Price has maybe struggled a bit for form um, towards the end of last of this season. And White, for a guy who's actually, I was I was looking at it. He's not actually really started that much for London Irish this season. But it's always looked pretty good for Scotland, and I thought he had an absolute blinder. I think his box kicks were on the money. Um, throughout and then it, I think it was really him that sparked a lot of Scotland's good attacking play in the second half through sort of picking from the base being a threat in a way that we know Ali Price can can be he just maybe hasn't been able to show it recently so yeah I think he's he very deserved to keep his place for the decider I reckon well there we go well let's finish it on on Ben White obviously uh, Scotland versus Argentina the decider the Copa Visa macro is coming home um, and we will be back next week to break it down for you that'll be here wherever you get your podcast but follow us on Twitter we'll be live tweeting the game at Thistle Rugby Pod on Instagram Thistle underscore rugby underscore pod and we'll be wrapping it up in the newsletter on Monday morning on Substack so get yourself on there and subscribe Until then, cheers. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.